All, these All right, let's start the show. <laughs> let's start the show. Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. Yes, you just heard the remnants of us discussing how the Wizarding World and Harry Potter is a very messed up, flugazy place, and that regular human beings are way more powerful than wizards because, you know, we have things like guns and Uzis and get, bazookas. And, tools. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. This show, we are starting off with our book club. But uh, we are going to review Stranger Things Volume 4. We are going to review Thor, Love and Thunder. This will be spoilers involved in the review. We will try to keep it as light as possible, but sometimes we just get so into it, we're going to spoil some things. So if this ain't for you and you're not with the spoilers, I would still watch anyway. Say you got to watch it. watched <laughs> it. <laughs> that, that too, that too. Um, but a little bit about for everybody who is unfamiliar with our N Word for Nerd book club. It is, we try to highlight authors, illustrators um, in the genre. Writers. Yes, in the genre that are black and brown. And so we try to focus on that because I will admit with you to you, I'm very unfamiliar with black and brown people who have created in the sci-fi fantasy, um, even in horror realm like that. So when it comes to books and comic books and et cetera. So this was an opportunity for myself as well. I feel like hopefully for others to expand your horizon and pick up some books from some people that are telling stories that are more akin to us. And so Jason was like, Hey, I got this book. It's called, um, children it's of blood and bone. <laughs> and, hey, hey, we want to tell them that later. Hey, children <laughs> of the blow, so I want to review that. So that's what we did review this time. Uh, we have yet to pick our next book, uh, book club, uh, book club, club, uh, book, but book we will probably, book. yeah, yeah. We will probably pick one in the next couple of shows. Um, with that all being said, I want to introduce you to my hostess with the mostest, the Lord Jason Baker, the Lord. Duke of all Nightskins, Lord. the, du <laughs> the Duke official. Lord of Scotland. The <laughs> <laughs> it's official. I am now because uh, the Duke is a Lord. I you can now I am now officially a Lord. Uh, so address me as such. Um, you know, my pronouns are now your majesty, so uh, <laughs> so please address me as such because I am now a lord. And my manservant will be around to take, collect tithes and taxes soon to everybody who lives in the Buford area. So just be prepared for that. I do only take gold coins. So yes, uh, yes. go to the bank, trade in money for some gold coins. Um, otherwise, pillaging will be happening. I'm sorry. Mm. That's just how it works. That's how feudalism works, guys. Well, I mean, you you got you got to teach them a lesson. Like if you yeah. let people just not pay, you become that lord like, that allows people not to pay. You got to. And then them. the next guy doesn't pay, and then like next yeah. thing you know, yeah, you know, it's just it's just anarchy. Yeah, yeah. I, look here, I'm right there with you. I mean, as me being don newly donned a lord, I'm more as carefree well. and live as live as live as live. But you know, we all mm. have different opinions about how we no. want to rule. We got to come I'm, down I'm on right those surfs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I get overrunning, I'm running to Jason's uh, five by five square to be like, hey, let me in. <laughs> no, no, this <laughs> is my five by five square. They <laughs> like, ran me off, man. <laughs> All this open borders and let freedom be free. They're talking about democracy and shit. I don't... <laughs> they made me well. sign the Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for those that I don't know, first time listening, first time watching, and my name is Jason, and that is Jason, 
Now you would think we would come up with some creative show to our name, name to our show to be like the Jason and Jason Club or like two J's in a in a I don't know in a blunt. Like who knows? <laughs> but maybe we will one day. Maybe we will one day. So. Two J's being blunt. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> two J's. Hey, man, being let me write blunt. that down. Two J's being blunt. If you watched our or listened to our uh, commentary when the comment about uh, us talking about Elvis. I was very, very blunt. <laughs> right, right. And then just to make the effect, I can smoke a blunt while we do reviews. So with that being said, guys, we do have a wonderful show for you guys. Again, we're going to review the book, Children of Blood and Bone. Then we're going to talk about Stranger Things, Volume 4. And then we're going to talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder. So, yes, just nothing but the hits today, guys. Nothing but the hits. Um, before we jump into all of that, though, Please remember that we do have some sponsors running around here in the description somewhere. Who knows? But uh, that's Nerd Focus. You can check that out. I have a link in the description that you can hit and buy your case there. And then mm, we also so have InYourFaceArt.com for the latest wear and T-shirts, hoodies, and posters. No, we're not wearing any shirts for them right now, but my new supply is coming in. So I'll <laughs> head that out for you. He got a dope uh, one he just finished drawing for the Afro Samurai. Ooh, that's that's real dope. So I may have to go copy that one that on my new one. So <laughs> but uh but in your face art.com again it will be in the description as well. Guys, support them. Thank you for that message. All right, we got all the heavy lifting out of the way, Jason. So I guess all we can <laughs> guess we can start into this a book review. I don't even want to read the book, the, the summary of it because I feel like I'm a mess of a bunch of names and a bunch of Things well, that are I, supposed to be pronounced properly. I listened to the... Uh, so this is my second time. Actually, This is my first time actually reading through this. The first time... This is my second time with this story. The first time was books on... Was a book on tape. Which is oh, wow. valid. It does the exact same thing for your mind as reading does. It's valid as reading. It As studies that choose... Facts, Jason. There's studies that prove this. You can go on the internet and see it. It does the exact same thing. You just not leading, and you also get to know the names of the people that are how they're pronounced correctly. I feel like that study said that it the <laughs> information retaining is more when you read, and it actually triggers more brain functions when you read over listen. But I actually they, read the study. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but you are correct when it comes to the leisureness of reading. Audiobooks do simulate the same effect as either reading. way. I still yeah, read anyway. the book, guys. I read this book <laughs> through and through. The actual words. Rather than just you know going on the the audiobook, so there you. What go. experience was better for you? Um, I like the audiobook because you, as you said, you get to uh, learn what how the names are pronounced. And the the girl that does the audio, uh, I don't I don't know who who did it, but she was really really well. She she read this very very well. You know, there's a lot of singing and stuff involved. A lot of, I mean, a lot of the stuff is in Yoruba. Uh, so mm -hmm. like you know they're actually pronouncing these words because I just like oh there's are words that are foreign to me. Gloss right. right over it. Saying incantation went through my brain, and that was yeah, it. <laughs> that was it. But in the in the audiobook, they're actually singing in the native tongue, and it is very, very beautiful and, and stuff like that. But uh other than that, you also get to know the how things are pronounced. So, like the main character's name is Zaley, her brother's name is Zane. I'm sure you're trying to pronounce that too. That T in there ain't no T. That T is just it's just Zane. <laughs> oh, oh, oh so, no, no, I got that. I got Zane, and actually, I got Zelly. So that's pretty Zaley. It was 
See, that's what I said. I got Zelly. I was off a little bit. Zelly, got it. Yeah. And, uh, you know. How do we know they're even right? I don't trust them either. Who trusts? Because I'm sure the author was like, yo, you better get these names right before you. (laughs) All right. So this book follows Zaylee as she attempts to restore magic to the kingdom of. Orisha. Or Arish. Orisha. There we go. Following the ruling class. Was it Kasadians? Kasadons? I don't know. <laughs> all right. Brutal. I don't remember all the words. <laughs> of magic practitioners. Zaylee. Zaylee. Is that right? Zaylee. Zaylee. Yeah. That's what I was saying accident. before. Okay. <laughs> Zaylee. I thought I was saying that before. I thought you were telling me that no, before. No, you were saying Zelly. Is it? It's oh, okay, an accident okay. of E. Like my middle name is Ade because it's an accident of E. Ade. Goes up, so her name is Zaylee. So it's an A sound, even though it's an E there, because it's a different language. <laughs> All right, Zaylee belongs to the Magi. There we go. That is the summary from Children of Blood and Bone. In between all that talking, just summarize this book. There's, there's a summary there somewhere. <laughs> uh, Jason, if you had to do one sentence to review this book, what would it be? Jeez, one sentence review this book. Uh, this is the way you should do trauma. My one sentence review is it's black, y'all, and I was happy for that. <laughs> black, 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 black. <laughs> right, right. So, so black. So, 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 so black. All right, Jason, let's jump right on into it, man. What, what did you like? What did you think of Children of Blood and Bone? Your first time listening and your first time reading. I absolutely love this book. Uh, this is why I suggested it, because as I said, I had already had listened to this before, went through it all the way through, and I figured this would be an opportune time just to read it and sit and relax and read, read this. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love, 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 love this book. This is probably up there in my top 10 favorite books of all time. Um, yeah, this thing does pretty much everything you want out of black fiction really um it's a book that is not about the real life traumas and things that we endured like a lot of things that you know are produced by black people especially black americans this is definitely a completely not completely made up because you know they do use real world languages uh the particularly the gods are of west african origin but you know it's a fantasy world with you know fantasy made up characters but even with that, it still gets to the heart of the black experience in America uh, without, you know, what's the word, re-bringing up the same traumas that we've always had, like we go over, over, over again. But mm-hmm. still, it captures it so well. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love this book. Um, and the, the uh, there's a couple of good things about it that I, you know, beyond the fact of the subject matter, um, the characters here are very, very... They are very, very realistic in my mind. Um, they are very well written, uh, you know, because, you know, uh, the princess, Amani, um, she gets on my nerves, you know. Mm-hmm. She 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 pisses me off sometimes. Zaylee pisses me off sometimes. Zane is fucking awesome. He's always good. Solid motherfucker. Anon, I want to kick that dude in the dick. But that's like, you can't, you, like, that's the, the reaction that you want. That's the reaction that you want to give these people, you know. Uh, in a lot of of other books, uh, particularly your your other fantasy, you know, the main character 
is perfect usually Mm -hmm. uh nowadays they're not uh but like you know in a lot of older fiction or a lot older fantasy the main character is the uh mary sue you know zaley is not a mary sue she definitely has her own uh set of worries and insecurities and like especially at the end of the book where you know she has been tortured and maimed She's like, I don't think I could do this. <laughs> you know, throughout the whole book, she's like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know why y'all making me do this. <laughs> I don't think I'm the one. Uh, but at the end, she brings it all together, which is really, really great. Uh, you also get, you know, to know why the villains are being villain or are being villainous. Uh, mm-hmm. You definitely, from the eyes of Anon, you see why his father, and it's, it's, and even though you say, okay, yeah, that's totally not the way you go about it. He has a reasonable fear of all the Magi because mm. they murdered his family, right? Yeah, of course, if your family gets murdered, you don't do a genocide. I'm not saying you should. <laughs> but, like, he has a reasonable fear as king of this nation that if these people had powers, they would come <laughs> kill them all because that's what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his, so you can understand why he's being so oppressive, even though you might, as I say, you know, disagree with that because, you know... There are people too, and you should treat all people with kindness and love. And even if they've, you know, if a sect of people have hurt you, doesn't mean the whole set of people will be as murderous or bloodshed as or whatever. And like, it's cool because even like in some points in the novel, uh, Zaley's like, oh shit, we can't just give everybody magic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like she's like, oh, I understand why y'all thought like that. You know, she even for a little bit, you know, realizes like we can't can't do this we need rules we need regulations we need to be able to like ensure people that people won't be going out there on rampages with their new especially like you know the burners they can fuck shit up <laughs> you know mm-hmm. cancers yeah can, people can like kill people with a thought like even like anon when he gets his powers you know without controlling them he can easily hurt people so like they realize like yeah this it is dangerous to be a magi it, it is something that could be feared but also the reason why we have this power is because without it they treat us like we're not, we're less than nothing, which is really, really mm-hmm. great or not great, but you know, a really, really uh, good cinema where you just get, you don't get just like in the Lord of the Rings, the bad guys are bad guys because they're bad guys. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you can think about even like in one of my other favorite books or even like in um, Harry Potter, you know, why is Voldemort Voldemort? Because he's a bad guy. That's it. You know, there's really the only, there's a, a slight explanation why he's a bad guy because his parents he was conceived under a love charm or whatever, but like he's only bad because he has no philosophy about why he's doing the things he's doing, right? So, but yeah. in this book, there is like actually like a philosophy behind why the bad guys are doing. It. There's a there's a reason to it. It's not a good reason, but there is a reason to it. So I I really like that. And um, there's also this really wonderful thing that I noticed about this book, and I don't know if this is on purpose by the author. This is my AP analysis of here. But they do this thing where the characters are they get they escape a bad situation, and they get to a safe place, and they think they're safe, and they relax, and then something else horrible happens to them, and it's like it's a repeating rhythm in this whole entire book where they do this where they get someplace safe, they start to relax, and then something else horrible happens to them, and this is probably on purpose. <laughs> I can almost guarantee this is on purpose because mm-hmm. this book was written after this written book was written in 2018, so it was after. Um, Mike Brown and Tamir Rice and all that other stuff where you would see another black, I mean, you still see it to this day, you know, every so often, another black face, another, you know, human who's been slaughtered by the police 
out of nowhere. And I feel like this book encapsulates that because every time they feel like you can relax, feel like you can let your guard down, feel like you are actually can be a human being in this country. You see another person that looks like you who was killed for no reason other than he, they inhabiting the skin that they were in. And I, right. I think that definitely uh, is mirrored in this book in just the way, in just the story itself, which is really, really cool. Like if that is, I mean, I'm just putting my, <laughs> my, uh, you know, own personal, you know, beliefs on it, but I think that's what they're doing here. So I can probably write a two page essay about that to inform Miss Lovett or Miss Buchanan for my AP English class back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I like this book. <laughs> there, there you guys, ladies and gentlemen. He, he likes this book. He likes this book. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna do low level, then I want to go higher level in it because I think you hit on something that we we will climb. We'll climb that ladder. So, yeah, we'll first off, first off, like yes, it is a wonderfully intriguing and masterful, writ, masterfully written story, um, fantasy hero's journey, whatever you want to call it. The first thing that struck me, and like I mentioned before, is like, in my once's review, like, it's black. It's black, black. I mean, listening, reading a book where you're describing characters and the complexion of their skin and how their hair is and the styles are in there, this, that's all foreign to me. It's all foreign for me to feel like a book feels like my lifestyle in the sense of the people that they're looking at and seeing, which when we go to a high level conversation, I think that's a very interesting thing uh, as you know, we go to that level, but as a fantasy story, it's very well paced. It, when, you know, sometimes fantasy stories have to get a lot of exposition in and it slows down the book. This does a great job of integrating that through her, through um, Zaley's experience. And you do get other point of views, but I think it is definitely through her experience that the world's flesh very quickly for you. And then with Enon and all that, like you get even more of the other side of it and that's flesh very well. And it, it doesn't take the overall intrusive stop here so we can understand the life and the world. It's very, or it feels very organic. It feels like after I read this book that I know almost the whole history of this whole conflict and why this is important to both sides and why sides or characters are reacting the way they're reacting. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was uh, very, very cool. As a fantasy novel itself, I, I just think that it's just, it's an outstanding read. For if you, especially for someone for me that's just dipping my toe more into fantasy novels, like the big wig fantasy novels I've kind of read, but the ones that aren't hitting the are coming to a movie screen to you tomorrow, I haven't read. So to read this one and just get that vibe and that feel, and like I said, it, it just felt comforting that these characters, even to the point I like looked up online what these characters would quote unquote look like, mm -hmm. and like just to see because I'm thinking these would be great cosplay ideas, and you know, and so I. It just felt good that to do this idea, I, I won't get a backlash of being like, oh, well, that's a white character. So, <laughs> but it, 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 so it, besides that, the book is again very well written. It's very, um, the only, I guess, bring down I have for it is I think when it comes to describing and descripting the areas, it didn't seem like she, that's her strongest point. Now, I don't need J, you know George R. R. Martin descriptions of the areas. <laughs> 17 where, pages of how this right. castle lies next to the sea. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I think because except for like the very sandy areas and areas that were not sandy, 
there was no difference in my mind of the levels of the areas they were traveling because it was like either it was I mean, lush it was like, and supple or it, it was, was dry horse, and it was dirty. Yeah. Forest, desert, then jungle. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But I feel like the forest and jungle felt the same. But even when they begun, they begun their, their village was by the water side or seen by yeah. the lakeside or something like that. Like all the areas inside, except for completely dry area or supple area is kind of what I had in my mind. I didn't feel like they were very... And that's the easy contrast that the characters could have made comments about in their land. It's like this, but here it's like that. But yeah. it just didn't really... I didn't really connect on feeling like the areas were that much different, except for if it was just a desert kind of area or if it was a non-desert. So that would be my only drawback. And I think... And that could have just been a me issue. Not, I mean, everybody else might, it might not have bothered them at all. But that was kind of where I felt in there. And then I know because of their travels, their times in the cities did not feel for me, as grand as it should be. Like, you've been traveling, making this long road and this long way. I felt like the city should have felt grander. And I think maybe that's some of that. And I admit that's some of my bias, because I know this story will technically be taking place in a fictional version of what Africa would be in my mind. So I've always want anything that I think will be representing us and our culture to be grand-esque. Grand and I felt like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm going with it, so, but I don't feel like they were really intricate into the cities to be something more like i guess i wanted and only thing, except for the temples the temples they described perfectly yeah the temples they made it seem very like very vivid like, temples. yeah these are the bees knees and they understand why this was here and the importance of these areas but i felt like that level of detail wasn't given to anything else described and again i know that's more me because i'm proportioning all this to be in africa and i think i have to always deal with the fact that for the longest time i thought like Africa was like the fucked up late night videos we see about Africa and not the starving fat belly. Right. Yeah. 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 I fucking flies in the eyeballs. Yeah. 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 Not this lush flourishing uh, continent because it's not even a country continent. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so I think every time that is to do with Africa, I want the most like everywhere else. Yeah. Extravagant (laughs) parts and their bad parts. (laughs) Right. 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 So, and that could have been me projecting onto the story for that regard. But yeah, that's what I mean. But I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that to go to the higher levels, I love this that it's <laughs> as I told you, it's it's black on black crime, which isn't a real thing, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> but but I love it because like that she's making the message through something that people can't deem offensive. Like this is an oppressive kingdom that is oppressing people. If she would have made those characters white as white, people would have been outraged. That mm-hmm. these white people are, you know what I'm saying? And I, I felt yeah. like that was so important to be like, even if we agree or disagree on it, but power is what always makes oppression. Now, now we've in, we've included race in the American version of oppression, but a lot of other places, it's just power and classism that makes oppression. And that's displayed very well, but I like the fact that a lot of the issues that you felt in this fantasy story felt like issues that we deal with in real life. Like having our own communities and they being ravished and destroyed. You know, I felt like magic was almost like arming the Negro. That's what I felt like magic yeah. was. Magic to me felt like I don't want these Negroes having guns because if they get guns, they can come after it's us. Over That's what us. I felt like was. Yeah. Like arming and even the responsibility of her being like, nah, everybody don't need a gun. Magic because <laughs> they may use it irresponsibly. They may go hurt people. They may try. Like we got to figure out ways to regulate. Like, so it, it all felt to me like, the black experience being played out, and even to your comment about safe spaces, it ain't no safe spaces 
in an oppressive nation Mm-mm. for any of the for the oppressed. There's no such thing as a safe space. And I you thought that was like you say, it was very beautifully done. That every time in a book when they would let their hair down, and I would let my even let my anxiety down. Like, yep. It, nope. Somebody oh, happens. Somebody dies. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, like one time. group. One group was us because sometimes we do it to ourselves until we realize, like, oh crap, like, why are we doing this? We're on the same team, which we should all think like, but it happens. So I, I thought on a higher level to paint the black experience through total utter blackness mm-hmm. is something to be redeemed. Even going to Enon and his father, the king, that is something to be said about the abusive uh, black father who has trauma that hasn't relinquished to work with his trauma so he's passing it to his generation he's passing it on to his, his trauma shit. time right mm-hmm. and it, that, that's something to be said about that that i think was beautifully displayed without banging you over the head with this you know Amari, for all her flaws, <laughs> right right for Marge, all her flaws her flaws are because the trauma that started with a magi taking a family and then he made sure even they say it like he made sure his second kids what he was what was what he deemed not weak yeah. So he let that trauma shape how he raised his kids. And now you have your kids, and you make an argument that Enon's struggle was a, a sexual one. If you want to make his magic, quote-unquote, comparison to homosexuality about him hiding it from his father, because not mm-hmm. being accepted. Like, you can even go that thread with it, and it still fits perfectly well. You can even go the thread that Enon's in love with, quote-unquote, a black, and his, he knows his father won't accept her. Like, it's so many threads you can go with, because the book is interpreted and written so well that it isn't trying to nail home a point, but also just making nailing home that you understand what the story is about. But knowing the 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 baggage that we all carry as Black Americans, especially, it's hard not to grab those things those and, and fill it. So I know you were going on a higher level in your AP talk of it. Any other thoughts <laughs> that you might have left out of your AP conversation on it? <laughs> well, I, I really wanted to share a passage of this book, uh, which really, really resonated with me, because as we're talking about, you know, this book is not about the black American experience. It's no, about no. people in Orisha, right? Yes. But this book is about the black American experience. And this and this passage pretty much, uh, for me, like, nails it 100%, like, what it feels like to be black in America, right? So it goes, you don't have to be afraid. I am always afraid. I don't know what shocks me more, the power of my voice or the words themselves. Afraid. I am always afraid. It's a truth I've locked away years ago, a fact I fought hard to overcome because when it's when it hits, I'm paralyzed. I can't breathe. I can't talk. All at once, I crumble to the ground, clasping my palm over my mouth to see the stifle sobs. It doesn't matter how strong I get, how much power my magic wields, they will always hate me in this world. I will mm. always be afraid. Zaley, no. I breathe through the sobs. Stop. You think you know what it's like, but you don't. You never will. Mm. Black folks are white folks. <laughs> like, damn, white folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is about fucking magic and 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 shit. <laughs> but like, yeah, damn. <laughs> even look, man. Um, even and and because I, I want to make sure I phrase this properly, but we, you know, we're the N word for show, so we're gonna keep it all the way black. The Magi's still dedication to the gods. If that ain't like some black people loving Jesus shit, I don't know what else is. You've been run through the ringer, and all you keep thinking is eventually the gods will come and save us, and they will take us from this and have our kingdom in heaven and 
blah, 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 blah. Like, all of it, 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 like, even I'm reading this and I'm hearing these people talk about the gods and they're praying to them to help me in this one occasion because I need you here. And I'm like, if that don't sound like our people when it comes to religion, and, and that's a, religion is a huge part of black culture. And everybody's like, oh, it's part of every culture that believes. But no, like, for black people, y'all don't understand, uh, for white people, they don't understand how important religious is, religion is even in our culture, even for some of us growing up who no longer believe or decide mm -hmm. to go a different route, it's still ingrained in our culture so much because when we came here and got stripped of our own lifestyles and our own culture and our own gods our own and everything else, yeah, we got taught another religion and were forced to go and can like consign to that religion, even to the point that then they had the slaves teaching the religion to other slaves. So, And like comes, literally that was the only thing they had. Like yes. literally. Like yes. in all... And with the exception of maybe the Jewish people out there, of all other races who are very religious, you know, you had your own culture, your own thing, and then you brought your religion into that. Whereas as African-Americans, especially of descendants of enslaved people, mm -hmm. all they had was this religion that was given to them by their oppressors. Yes. <laughs> and that was yes. it. <laughs> yes. So it's it, even it, more ingrained into the society because that was the only thing you had. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. And that was but not even the only thing you had. It was the only thing you had that you were allowed to do that yeah. wouldn't get you punished. That wouldn't get you killed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you and even that's like <laughs> you can quote scripture to a slave master and he would appreciate your devoutness. Then he would ask, How did you learn to read? But that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> discussion for another time. But the point is, like I said, I even thought like that that the the magi just dedication to the sky gods and the sky mother and all that was very reminiscent of our times uh, of how black people are when it comes to religion. And I, I mean, I've, people have told me that the second book of this series isn't as great as the first. And I know it was supposed to be a trilogy. So I don't know if she's still the author still working on the third book or she's finished yet, but okay. But I mean, I'm interested to read the second one, even if it isn't as good as the first, because I would love to see, I mean, how it ends it almost ends like on some, oh, I guess all y'all black now. Like, <laughs> like everything that you all hate it, now you all are because I, and maybe I'm misinterpreting the ending. It, it made it seem like the land had received guns now. I feel <laughs> Everybody. like it ends on a heel turn for me. Mm. Go like, on, go on. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just like overthinking this, but I feel like Amani. Like now that she's like the characters of Queen, mm. like she's about to take this to a whole nother level. That like and now that she's also got magic and they're like, oh shit, mm -hmm. we weren't trying to do this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> but I don't know. We I mean like literally like the book just like, oh, did I, did it work? I don't know. And <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> white, white sliver. Nah, who knows? Um, who knows? <laughs> I thought that was pretty uh, brutal. Uh, Inan's ending, how he meets his fate, which I don't think he's dead because they really didn't confirm the death I of him. I think his sister, even though he got stabbed by his father, his father didn't give him the finishing blow because Amani stepped in and started fighting yeah. uh, Saren. And I don't even think Saren might not even be dead either. I mean, she did stab him, uh, but... I don't know. Sword wounds well, yeah. are... <laughs> yeah, unless they, say, unless they like, say, that guy over there is dead. <laughs> I don't think right, anybody's right, dead. Right, right, 
<laughs> right. Because even she does make the whole commentary about like not being like him and yeah. slaughtering people or whatever. So even though you know he tried to kill her legitimately, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Fathers, Yo, you both know. his kids. Man, yeah. Kids. He's like, fuck these kids. Can't raise them weak, man. Can't raise them weak. <laughs> he ain't getting none of a McDonald's. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, I think. I mean, I think we're two for two. No, I did enjoy this more than I enjoy the Black Sands. Now, granted, that was a comic book versus this us being reading a whole novel here, but yeah. I, I really felt like this was something that even because I'm thinking, oh, because we're black, but if somebody was like, oh, what's a good fantasy novel? I would say, oh, you should go read, read this. Children of Blood yeah. and Bone. Like, I think it's just that good or strong of a book. And I'll, I'm going to be real with you. I was surprised because I just feel like it should be way more popular than it is because. Well, it's an amazing she, book. She did. Uh, she 20th Century Fox before they were sold to Disney, uh, bought the rights to this. Uh, she, I believe, she currently just finished. So that means Disney owns it. I believe mm-hmm. she per- currently just finished her first draft on her screenplay, or maybe the second or third draft of her screenplay. So, uh, hey, the author is actually writing the screenplay. That's great. Don't be like J.K. Rowling. <laughs> well, homophobic or not writing a screenplay. Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> uh, so I know this is definitely in the works as a movie. So uh, hopefully, you know, in the next near future, we'll be able to see something uh, with more just a whole cast of black folks. Blackity, black, Yay. black, black. <laughs> Yay. That'd be yeah. awesome. And hopefully they cast dark skinned black folk for this. Please. Yeah. And not just Viola Davis. That's the only one. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Lashana Lynch, because that's the only two black, dark skinned black women getting getting jobs right take now. A pause, and like, I want to one commend Hollywood for greenlighting the movie, but can we get oh, a better dude. name than Woman King? Like, oh. come, like, like they probably they probably you know went to a fucking you know workshop. They workshopped it. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, look, it, and everybody's probably, like, oh, it's probably based off something that we don't know, and they're probably gonna give us crap about no. that. But I don't care. I like. Because this in is the movie, movie I'm ex- yeah, go ahead. In the movie, freaking uh, John Bodega is the actual king. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Good, good for me to know. But like, I just more, I'm just more stuck up in the fact that it's like, how many weeks we've been on this show begging for something like this? Like, oh, they could do this movie and have black folks, and it will be no different. We finally get it. Like, the Northman wasn't called like, you know, King Man. Like. It, it, <laughs> I mean, it was well, just called Northman. I mean, like, like yeah, but just, that was a very ominous thing. I get to be you. Like, yeah. I get you. I get you. They yeah. could have called it something else, but you know, keep it simple, stupid. I mean, they can get get as whatever gets people in is all that matters. Look, man, they could have made I, that, I that title come... black as hell, bro. That'd have been with it, <laughs> but straight with it. Yeah, but, but you would have been only one. That's what I'm saying. They don't want to just sell this to black folk. That's the problem. <laughs> it could have been like whatever the the region they're going to be in, like Battle of. Insert uh they could have been name. the Hami Amazons. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or just yeah. Well, the Amazons, but I bet yeah. that we probably got some DC sort of hate, like oh, we got copyrighted out of some shit, but it doesn't okay. matter because the Amazons, yeah, the Amazon is a, a public domain, they don't have copyright to Amazon. Fuck yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know. Until Lex Luthor, aka Jeff Bezos, comes down and go, Whoa, 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 anything with Amazon in it comes <laughs> <That's to> mine. <laughs> <laughs> No, I own the river you. now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I own a copyright company. Uh, yeah. So, 
but yeah, yeah, that, that was just a sidetrack for me. Yes, I highly recommend this book. Jason, you, what's your recommendation? Oh my god, so much. Yes, yes, I highly. Yes, A plus, A plus plus. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to assume her name is Tommy, because uh, that's what Tommy Lorin, how she spells her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope it's not, but Adiyami. I mean, that yeah, woman. that 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 white devil. But I hopefully they. <laughs> but if they're not, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry, I didn't look up the correct pronunciation. But I, I'm going to read the second book. I'm going to read the third book. I can't wait to see this as a movie. Uh, I feel like visually this will be great for a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend this as a book to, for people to read. And don't say so you don't have time to read. I read this book in four days, guys. Y'all can read it. All right. <laughs> facts, 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 facts. All right. Let's slide on to our next conversation here. Stranger Things, volume four. So if you have not watched Stranger Things, volume one, two, and three, or have only watched part one of volume four, I'm not going to give a summary for something that's been going on and it's this popular. Like, if you haven't been watching Stranger Things, why are you even here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if this if this is going to be the moment you go, oh, maybe I should read this based off their review. You probably you probably already missed the boat on this anyway. So, um, like, like the people are like I'm going to wait till Game of Thrones comes all the way out before I watch it. <laughs> right, 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 right. But Jason, if you have to give a one sentence review of uh, Stranger Things season volume four, what would it be? Why does the best characters always got to take the L? They can't kill off anybody mm. else but the best characters. Y'all could have killed off Mike. Y'all could have killed off Jonathan. And nobody would have cared. <laughs> mm. <laughs> True. <laughs> My Stranger Things Volume 4 One Sentence Review is you got a whole lot of characters and not nowhere near enough death for this to be a horror, horror seasons. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and air my grievances on Stranger Things. Go ahead and shit on this, Jason. <laughs> because, look, y'all know I love the genre. Y'all know I'm here for all horror, all suspense. Y'all know I love that shit. <laughs> Guys, I, I want to be first and foremost to say I like Stranger Things. I think Stranger Things is a really good series. I think it's not perfect, but I think it's a really good series. I think season one is a classic. Mm-hmm. I think season two is a little tough. I think season three is a little better than two, but a little tough. Season four is, I think, the baby of one, two, and three. So you have the good with the bad. Let's start with, like, the good. And again, mind you guys, I like this series. I like this series a lot. And that's what frustrates me that I like it so much when it stumbles and it falls. This series, good stuff. It looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. Uh, the that you could tell they got Netflix was like, hey, we're gonna back up the brinks. How much ever money y'all need for episode, <laughs> do it. Pull it in because we here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that very easily, very quickly when you watch this season. It looks amazing. The upside down looks phenomenal. Great. The characters, the characters are really good in this. Like to the point, the characters are so good. You have that weird thing that you don't get in a lot of movies. Actually, that's gonna probably be the theme of the, the movie reviews, where the scripting. And the writing is kind of poor for the dialogue, but the actors are so well fleshed out and know their role so well, they give they it so much it more life, yeah, than the, the words actually that were written or being said. So the acting here is phenomenal. Even though we crapped on Will and we crapped on Jonathan, they have their moments. I'm not crapping on Will. Whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up. I never crapped on Will. No one's crapping on Will. We, we crap, we <laughs> crap on his head. We crap on his hair. Oh, we crap on his hair. We crap on the fact that he has nothing to do. Like he literally for three seasons has had nothing to do, but like. Be quiet and get kidnapped. 
That's what yeah. I mean, crap on him. Like, they crap on the fact I mean, that there's he's no a urgency. That <laughs> <laughs> was more like just the, the development of him. Like, he he does he has had nothing to do. So then they finally give him something to do. And the moments between him, Jonathan, and even the moments that Will has are really good in volume in, in the second part of season four. Other good things about it. The main story, you know, going to, like, Hawkins, it's phenomenal. It's great. Almost to the point that I wish I never saw anything else and just stayed with yeah. Hawkins. The California S stuff gets a little better in the second part, but the first part it was pretty annoying. And then the Russian thing, I just wish it never existed because Harper <laughs> should be dead. So now we're going to the bullshit. Harper being alive is fucking bullshit, but I've already voiced my opinion about that. We ain't got to beat a dead horse on it. They should have killed Harper because even when you do the reunion of it, it doesn't really mean much. It is nowhere near as exciting or pulls as much as it should. Because we lost all our energy thinking Harper was dead, knowing that he wasn't dead. Like, let's also be 100% clear. This beast took, you know, 115 shots from AK-47s, yet falls to a sword. Like, get the fuck well, out of here. <laughs> I told you, they, they're playing with Pacific Rim rules, and probably that sword was probably Excalibur. So, was this, with all those sword things, of Odin over here? Was it, with was all it blessing things. the blood of Jesus just lying around in Russia? Like, what the fuck? Look, that sword was Excalibur, and no one's going to tell me any different. I also like that it is so many homages to things that we love so much that, like, the Michael Myers mask, the love interest of Robin looking like Molly Ringwald. Like, mm -hmm. it's so many things in here. Again, even Hopper. Hopper with the sword is awesome. I just hate the fact that where it was in the whole storyline, but that was awesome. Yeah. It's so many things to like in here. But, guys, the story writing is getting so poor that it's almost laughable now. And when I say this, I go, oh, Jason, this is getting like, yeah, but okay, think about it. Mike and Elle, biggest thing that, that bonded them together, besides, you know, him being the first real boy that she's seen. <laughs> the only was, boy was, she's seen. <laughs> was, yeah, was bullying. Like, bullying was the biggest thing that bonded them a lot. And then she goes to Callie and is getting bullied, and the one person you think she should be able to tell that to would be Mike, Mike. <sighs> who she helped beat up bullies for. But no, she hides it from him. And then Mike, on the turn, when he finds that she is getting bullied, he's, like, shocked. L, what are you doing? And it's like, she's beating up a bully, which you should have done, but you were too weak to do. Like, <laughs> too bad that L's a, like a science experiment and a psycho, so that's why she, <laughs> she, she has no action. <laughs> right. She, she took that action. from 0 to 11 real quick. Right. Damn, you're supposed to beat her up, not trying to kill her. <laughs> right, you just milkshake on you, bitch. You got a washing machine at home. <laughs> These are like, not the, this is not the right retaliation here. <laughs> right. Um, the fact that anybody would, would trust the doctor, like, he's been slimy since we've met him. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to trust him to train L, right? Then you train L and she does all this. And then she Don't gets to the to end <laughs> to fight, yeah, Vecner and or Henry or one. And I think that's hilarious, too, that they have different names for him. And the, the, the show knew that was so stupid that they were like, we got to make jokes about this because... People are going to be like, that's dumb. Just do this three names. Like, anyway. I also love how the kids can come up with something and everybody's like, yeah, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out, shout out to Dustin. Dustin's my dude. Um, I love me some Dustin. So, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you go do this training and then she does this training. Now, as a kid, she was able to whoop him. As an adult who she should probably arguably be stronger, she's getting housed by this dude. And then, like, she's about to quit and give up. Like, you don't know the world's about to end if you fail. Like, 
come on, like, come on, L. And then my last gripe, because I have a lot of other gripes, but I'm, I'm kind of keeping it concise to things that matter. One of the bigger things when I say the story writing is poor is that I know if you watched our, you know, episode one and two review when we had lovely Megan, Mama Steve on, I made the thing about Jason, about, like, oh, he was, he's a bad guy, but his ways methods are misguided. But I don't think he's like a bad guy in the sense that like he's evil. He just thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's doing it the wrong way. So you go full heel turn on him, but a scene between him and Nancy, which is literally only put in there to connect dots, but also to make it so you understand completely, without a doubt, he's a bad human being now. Okay, great. Why was this even done if you're going to do what you do to him that is almost not even noticeable? It made it, it, it so you basically yeah, just if you ran, weren't paying attention, you wouldn't even know that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so you do all of this to what, like fill in story time? Because I looked at the hours and counted them. You had a whole lot of time to tell a story that didn't need that dude in it at all. Like at all. I guess, oh, we needed a reason for Eddie to run. He could be running from the cops. It don't got to be this jock like that you. So it, it, it boggles my mind. And then my last full one is that how are these kids still alive? <laughs> how are these kids still alive like and i'm not saying all of them have to die but you could knock at least one or two of them off by now and don't give me no billy shit billy was the token bring it to the story so he can be taken out of the story like stranger things always does which i'm fine with but you have to make an escalating rising amount of danger so that we actually feel like something could possibly happen to these kids Stop killing people that don't really matter to the overall theme of this because it makes your villains look weak so all these big plans that Vecner and Henry and one have been doing has literally not worked for any portion of it. And don't give me the shit at the end. Oh, what well, the end, Jason? Fuck you. That doesn't mean anything. Like they'll find a way. Unless these kids will be dropping like flies, it don't mean nothing. You just did that shit to be so people will be like, oh, tune in for Stranger Things five. <laughs> like fuck out of here, man. Like kill these kids, man. At least <laughs> at least two of them should be dead by now, easily. Well, One's in the hospital, completely crippled, that. and that's sad for me. But honestly, the character they should kill off the most is fucking Mike. I feel like this story has outgrown him. Besides Hopper, Hopper should be dead too. But Mike is the only character that I can feel like a that they can kill that will actually increase the stakes and not piss everybody off. It's Mike, and B he's the only character that's like besides Jonathan is absolutely useless at this point. <laughs> Actually, the person that they should have killed, well, besides the one who sort of kind of, it should no. have been Steve. It should have been Steve. No. It made a lot of people mad. No. It would have no. made a lot of people no. mad. But no. it works perfectly. Hold on. No. Well, why it works Steve perfectly is a national treasure. I understand that. Him, that's wrap him that's up. why <laughs> that's why his death would be more instrumental if they let it go, because he has so many connectors between Dustin, Robin, and Nancy that makes I mean Steve is probably the most entertaining thing about the show outside of Dustin. You take him out of that equation. Now they have to reckon with that loss because that loss will hurt the more majority of the characters than any other loss. I feel like Mike would be a, also a good candidate because also he sucks. And let's just get rid of him. <laughs> I, I agree. But, so because he would affect Nancy, he would affect all the boys. He would affect L. Uh, yeah, let's just get rid of Mike and not Steve. Steve's a good guy. <laughs> but that's Fuck why I think more because I think Steve's storyline has reached the completion of like his arc. So him going being yeah, it, it reached it in the beginning of season two. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. I don't think it reached. Uh, <laughs> I think it reached it to the whole thing because season three showed that Steve can be friends with women without trying to bang them. 
That's yes. a huge thing. And then coming to his realization and also, with him and Nancy, when he talks about, I wish I was the guy now back then. Like, that's, that's the end of his art. Like, he has nowhere else to go for season five. And she is also him a girlfriend. strangely progressive for an 80s dude. Yo, because I grew up in the '90s, and if someone told me that in like '99, I would not have been as equally as just like, no. oh, cool, whatever. I'm like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. In but 2011, anyway, I, I would have been fucking probably <laughs> been a yeah, terrible. But I think movie. Steve's storyline is the only one that has enough gravitas, and they've done enough with that character that his exit would have been hugely disturbing, messed up. I mean, hell, they even tried to tease it twice. Yeah. They ended one episode with him getting bit, and then you have him in an RV talking about, oh, you know, I wish I had kids and I had this dream. Like, you did yeah. all the stuff to be like, this dude died. Oh, this guy's dead. <laughs> and you were like, nope, slip your, psych your mind. Oh, and also, too, guitars on top of uh, mobile homes, the best shit I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. And thank you, Stranger Things, for giving that to me. Kudos to you. <laughs> Kudos to you. Fucking all right, that's my puppets. beast with it. That's my <laughs> review of it. I, I just I love it so much that it makes me hate it because I feel like they get lazy. There you go. Jason, what are your thoughts on Stranger Things volume four slash season four? I fucking love this show. Um, I love the characters, except for Mike and Jonathan. They can die. Uh like it's the only the only real like critique. There's two real critiques I have is that well, actually, let's go with three. As you said, like the California stuff and the Russia stuff was it wasn't as very interesting, especially the California stuff for me is like all their whole entire story storyline was like, let's get to L then L will do something about this. And like, there's no, like they have nothing. There's no agency. There's like in Hawkins, they're like, Oh, we got to fucking figure this shit out. And every one of them, even down to little old Erica, like came up with something to do. And they all went in there to go fucking stop this shit. Whereas their plan was like, let's find out where L is. And so like, I, I hate to say, with the exception of Argov, who's kind of sick, was getting old with me after the end of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, all those motherfuckers could die. <laughs> like, get rid of all. And you know, I don't want to be like the Silence of the Gays, where the or or the Kill Your Gays trope, where they kill Will off because he's he's gay. But like, at this point, like he hasn't really added to the story. Mike hasn't really added to the story. Jonathan definitely hasn't really added to the story. They're just mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. it's like, get rid of them. Just get rid of. Them. Uh, my other big gripe, and you've talked about this, I feel like they have been circling around the fact that Lucas and Erica are black so much. They realize they're black, but they need to mm-hmm. get somebody in there who is actually black to punch it up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I was excited mm-hmm. when, when Lucas fucking finally put the business to Jason. Uh, but he should have put that business to Billy <laughs> first. Because <laughs> at least, I mean, like, I knew Jason was a villain from the moment he stepped on a white captain of the basketball team, villain. All right. Unless he's Larry Bird. <laughs> Touche. But, Touche. But if you really, if like you're talking about your his real nemesis, he should have put the work in. I mean, but obviously he's not a 20 year old man now. He, back then he was still like 14 when they shot that shit. So like it probably would have been less believable that skinny little Caleb McLaughlin would have beat up billy you know in that right thing. right right but he should have put the business in the i need i need somebody of color to come in there just to be like yo these two kids are growing up in white america i need and y'all are y'all know this y'all y'all have mentioned this i need mm-hmm. y'all to like make them at least give them their dialogue to, to be more realistic um but other than that i love this show 
Um, I particularly loved Eddie. Uh, he was my favorite. I mean, like, obviously, as a guy who plays D and D, I thought I saw this thing on TikTok. Is like, that's who every D and D player think they they are is Eddie. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we want to believe that we're that guy. Like, and and he proved to be the coolest motherfucker in the end. So, like, and playing fucking master of puppets on fucking in the underground and the upside down, mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Just work of art. Work yeah, of art. Like, they could have just ended the shit. Just and and I'm like right fine. right. <laughs> See you next year for season five. And I'm like yeah 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 okay yeah. we did it. I'm here. Yeah you got me. Yeah high fiving and everything. Because uh, like the best thing about the show is that it does nostalgia so well without like hammering you on the head with it. Like nowadays, like the nostalgia thing is like, hey, you remember this thing? Hey, remember that thing? And this is the only thing we're just doing member berries here. Whereas this one is like. We are putting this a part of the show so that, you know, yeah, we're making a reference to it, but it's not like we are like focusing the camera and winking. Ha ha. See the Michael Myers mask? Wink, wink. Like, of course right, they would have right. had a Michael because it's the 80s or whatever. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's nostalgia without the the self congratulatory hand job that it totally, that everybody else does. Like, hey, we did it. Ah, here we go. Like, so that's what I really love about the show. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's great. It's still a good show. The characters are there for it. They could have mm. killed off everybody in Russia too. <laughs> oh, yeah, except I mean, for Jaka Hagar, he was pretty good. I liked him. The only they, part they should have been in Russia. Yeah, Hopper should have died. He should have died. One hundred percent. They should have shown his dead corpse. <laughs> like it just, it just now and again. The next movie we're going to talk about. I mean, I think a, I think a lot of shows or things have villain issues. Like and, and and you you're right. I mean, I've read your work, and I think it's very fleshed out. I've always been taught sometimes, like the best concept for your thing is sometimes starting with your villain and working your mm-hmm. world out from there, because usually the villain is the one that's suppressing. So that he's the one the that's world. driving the story. Right. I feel like like Stranger Things has a villain problem because now is Heaven Vecner. An upgrade over the previous villains, yes, because you actually have someone that can talk, interact, and actually point to a direction, except for a mindless like being or animal or uh beast or demon or whatever. But even with adding that ability to explain yourself, I think we lose a little bit of menace because it, it your villain can't be perceived as a threat if it doesn't do anything threatening to anybody that matters. Yeah. Especially a gentleman who is walking into this whole situation with two goals, you know, destruction and stopping or killing ale. You don't really do any of those well because from our knowledge of this, he could have killed four random people anywhere and started this apocalypse. Yeah. So wait, are you... yeah, 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 yeah. So the premise would have to be that you you did this to get L's attention. Like, I, or like, I just can't wrap myself around why they're, why <laughs> he, those people, like, it just, he's and, Lord and for all the talking he did, he never he's explained that, a, all the talking. <laughs> he's picking a fight with a child when he realized, like, you could just, like, not fight the child. <laughs> like, <laughs> or start the end of the world and then fight the child. Fight the child, yeah. <laughs> and then put him even more so on the back foot. Like, you could just get out, like, a lot of villains, and this is like a trope of villains, is like, 
I got to fight you. I did this all just to fuck you up. And you're like, if you didn't do any of this, uh, you could have probably won very easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then still fuck me up because you would have had to reach fuck me up afterwards because yeah, I would have <laughs> been fucked. <laughs> I just, I hate that. I hate that because I see it so much being done with villains now. Like you, you have to give them a threat. You have, you have to be a threat to the hero unless you're writing something else completely different that they, your villain isn't, isn't required to be a threat to the hero. Maybe like some of the best Superman stories with Lex Luthor isn't Lex trying to kill Superman. It's Lex trying to frame Superman's image and destroy yeah. that about Superman. Those are more intriguing because now, like, fighting, punching Lex is easy, but having to fight the, the money and the resources of Lex to destroy you image-wise is a whole other battle that requires more than just physical strength from a person who's physically strong. I guess more and more we're seeing people take less sight into what makes the villains actually a threat to the heroes and it's just, I don't, and, and what it is, is just lazy writing. That's what it's called it, what it yeah. is. It's lazy writing. Because you could have literally had these random killings in these manners that could have red, red flags that didn't even be connected to the characters at all. And that could have been like the thing. And then also, why wasn't he trying to do this like in Cali or different other areas? And I know you need a gate to be opened up, but you had enough people run through these gates already in Hawkins that they could have gone to the place. I, don't, I mean, the whole entire child, child is traumatized. Like, you could have picked yeah. four kids and bop, bop, bop them. Or you could have picked four of the Stranger Thing kids. Like, they're four guys. Every last one of them has trauma. You could have fucked it. You, yep. you could have started the show off by afflicting a major wound to the person you're trying to kill by killing one of their friends. Yes. Particularly Mike. <laughs> Now, if that would have been a scenario, yes, Mike would have been the perfect candidate for that. Straight <laughs> and up like, and down. And then you could have been going after Max, or like, and that would bring urgency to it. Like, yeah, there's a little urgency after they kill the first two, and now it's Max. But like, if it was like Mike and then Max, you know, it's like, oh shit, yeah. he's actually coming for us. Now we gotta yeah. really, really do now you now there's stakes. There is there is pressure, there's skin in the game. Um and it's not just, oh, we got to sacrifice the Bob of the season, you know? Like, right, right. We got to make you love him, and then he's dead because we made him love him, but he really wasn't important anyway. Like, stop doing that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, Bob should be alive, like, and Eddie should yes. be alive, and Mike <laughs> should be all the hours, <laughs> For all the hours they spent, they, you're right, they could have con- condensed a lot of this season and made it very epic. So let's say you do do the, you do the original two kills, and Max is the third. The, the worst thing about the Max thing is, like, you, you build up this moment and you lower it by, like, the MacGuffin of the music thing. Yeah. And you use you literally use that ability to take away all the tension from her ability. I forgot yeah. that she would still be haunted by him. Like, halfway through the watching, I was like, oh, yeah. I guess she still does have to carry that in case. Because they never made it seem like he was ever coming back for her. Like, yeah, it's not like the very next day he's like, I got you again. Like, oh, here's some more music. Like, right, right, like, right. Oh, no, I'm busy. I'll, I'll get you when I get you when I get to it. When, right. when the story serves, I need to get to you. <laughs> I'll come around when you're not when yeah. Kate Bush. I'm you know, very break. busy doing other things in the upside down. There's I'm watching, you know, do you ever hear the show called Game of Thrones? I'm watching that now. Like, so I can get I'll get to killing you in a minute. Uh, I gotta torture Nancy first. I don't know why. I gotta make sure she knows everything. Uh, even though I could have probably just told you because I was gonna kill you anyway, and but you did got away, so you could have probably been the same. We we could have done this at one time, like I like oh, here's my plans. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
Or you know what? I just killed Nancy and it would have triggered, you know, yeah. the last part. She could die too. <laughs> yeah. And it would have triggered it. And we'd have been like, oh, the end of the world's coming because they just killed Nancy. Because And know. maybe that would have gave Jonathan some motivation. I don't know. So he could actually have a character in this shit. Oh, <laughs> Instead of just see, being that... <laughs> in the background looking stupid and old. Like, how old are you? 39 now? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It's funny. The more I complain about this, the more you're like pointing out more stuff that I didn't even notice. Uh, so... <laughs> But again, I like this show. Saying, yeah, I like the show. I enjoy majority of my time watching it. I have a couple of moments of eye rolling, but it's just because of the weak story. And I think sometimes, well, and, and again, I'm only harping on a weak story, a story because you damn you near gave us so 12, 13 hours worth of content. And basically what you're telling me is that you should have given us eight or nine hours worth of content. And this wouldn't be so much issues because you could have kept the pace going pretty quickly and eliminating some things. But when you give us that much content, with poor story writing, is it feels like you you didn't know what you were doing and what you could do. So your your, your wheels was turning into sand and in the mud until you can get to the end of the story. Like, like Netflix oh, was man. like, hey, you got 13 hours, fill it up. And that's what it felt like. You were so trying to shit. fill up 13 oh, hours. Fuck. We got 13 more hours? Oh, we only got like six hours of story left. Oh, right, <laughs> right. And that's what uh, it felt like for me. Kate Push is she popular? Does he like know who Kate Push is? Oh, who cares? She'll be, she'll love this. <laughs> so, Jason, if you had to rate Stranger Things season four, five being great, one being terrible, terrible, what would you rate it? Four out of five because the best character got to take the L. Two of the best characters wow. got to take the L, and that's pissing me. When I give this rating, Stranger Things fan, and please remember, I like the series. I enjoy they Stranger Things. They don't care. <laughs> me and my me and my daughters are rewatching. My especially my youngest is rewatching it from season one. Oh, my kids too afraid, and he's two three years older than your kids. <laughs> oh, he's oh, he's way older than my youngest. My youngest yeah. only seven. Yeah, <laughs> he's twice your youngest's age. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So my rating to this, I, I will give Stranger Things season four a two point eight. It's a oh, lot shit. of poor writing. Hate, I can't get over. You got to hate yeah. me, old man. You about to get oh, I know. As I said, don't hate me. I like to, <laughs> to put this in perspective. We were doing the show. If we were if we were doing the show for seasons two and three, I probably would have gave season two a two, and probably would have gave season three a two point five. So if you want to feel that way, it is <laughs> higher on my scale than the previous seasons. And one, I probably would have gave a I probably five gave four point eight. Season three, a lower score because all them kids in, in the Russian compound should have got just shot. Because why are the Russian like Russians like, oh, kids in our base, we should tie them up? Like, no, they would have just shot you and <laughs> thrown your dead bodies boy. in the fucking gra- in like their dead body pile and never thought about it ever again. Like, <laughs> also, I don't understand how the Russians can have a whole base under a mall in America. Like, I think that's a good idea, but I don't write for fucking TV, so I'm sorry. Look. <laughs> they called Jordan Peele and was like, hey, those underground tunnels in America, they're still empty? Okay, we'll use them. Uh, got it. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, so yes, four, we gave it a four, and I gave four it a 2.8. Yeah. So that's so like guys, a 3.5 collectively. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how averages work. <laughs> if they don't, we're going to make them work like that from now on. So, <laughs> okay, guys. Um, Thor embarks on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced, a quest for inner peace. However, his retirement gets interrupted by Gore, the body, the God Butcher, I was going to say the body Butcher, a God Butcher, 
a galactic killer who seeks the extinction of gods. To combat this threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who to a surprise is inexplicably wields his magical hammer. Together they set out Beyond. on a harrowing, uh, harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the summary for Thor, Love, and Thunder. Jason, if you had to give it a one-sentence review, what would it be? Too much thunder and not enough love. Hmm. My one-sentence review is, thank God Kristen Bell's a good actor to save this movie. <laughs> Uh, Jason, I, I went gonna... first on Stranger Things. You go first on Thor. What are your thoughts? I, I on know Thor? we're gonna have similar thoughts on this. Uh, yes, for all you Marvel stands out there, I also enjoyed this movie. <laughs> this Get movie out of the way first. <laughs> this movie is hilarious. It is probably the probably the funniest movie I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, I was laughing ninety nine percent of the time, and therein lies the problem. <laughs> for me this movie is so it it never it doesn't get serious until the last half of the third act and for me especially with such a threat it the humor completely undermines any stakes any sort of tension any sort of of uh Threat, basically, yeah, I was going to go back to threat, that Gore ever had. Like, there is nothing, like, they don't take this seriously at all, so I'm not taking this seriously at all. Like, there's, there from the beginning, the beginning scene where we actually open it with, with, with Gore and his daughter dying, after his daughter died, from that point on, for the rest of the movie, every single scene has a joke in it. And it does not, and, and not just a joke, 40 jokes in it. And it does not get back to being serious until the last scene of the movie <laughs> basically like even when they're talking about Jane having cancer as a joke Jane is a fucking astrophysicist she knows a terminal a, a stage 4 cancer diagnosis is terminal and she's like how many stages could there be four <laughs> it's four <laughs> like that's the last one you're dying like this should be serious fucking sit when she's uh, fucking on the, the planet, oh, just leave me here. She's fucking hamming it up. We haven't seen this actress in a movie in decades. You know, we've seen her in fucking Age of the Seal, which is either or not or canon or is canon, depending on how Paul, for Kevin Feige, not Paul Feige, feels in the day. And she's giving this, like, hammy performance, and they're making a joke out of it, and Thor's, and she's like, just leave me here to die over hamming a fight through it. And so I could go to Valhalla, and Thor's like, well, you actually have to die in battle. She would know that. <laughs> like, she fought with you for a thousand years. She would know that. Like, why is this a joke? She, like, uh, I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most disappointing thing about this is the fact that Taika Watiti is probably one of the best directors for comic book movies, right? He, between him and James Gunn, they know how to blend the humor with the dramatic so very well. And Thor Ragnarok, he did it so very, very well. Like, there were some funny parts, and then there's some serious parts, and there's some funny parts, 
He did it so very well. In Jojo Rabbit, fucking masterpiece. But in this one, it's and, like, and, and, and that guys is about Nazis. That's yeah, that's about Nazis. It's about Nazis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and like in this one, it's just like I just it was like it's 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 funny movie. It's like it's entertaining. It's fun. It's also, but it's like also like. Like, I get it. It's a movie. Movies aren't supposed to, you know, they don't mean anything. None of this stuff is important. Honestly, it's a movie. It doesn't mean anything. But, like, the fun part about movies is being invested in the characters and in their struggles and their traumas and their and their their story. But if the characters themselves aren't invested in the story, then I'm not going to get invested in that story. And, and for me, it's just like, oh, wow. I couldn't, like, I went to this movie hoping for a nice juicy hamburger but y'all just gave me cotton candy the whole entire time and i like mm. cotton candy but like i wanted to fill my stomach up and you didn't and now i'm, I'm still hungry <laughs> i'm still mm. hungry mm. <laughs> and there and like there's so much good to like here and and that's what is so frustrating about this movie like christian bale could have probably if he was in any other movie as the villain could probably have as as this villain could have probably turned in one of like the one of the greats, like he would have been up there with mm-hmm. Thanos or Loki or the Joker or whatever, if he mm-hmm. was in any other superhero movie as this character. But because they give him absolutely nothing to do for mm-hmm. the whole entire movie until the end, it's just like, why he's even like, why do we even care? Like, we don't. I don't. Maybe, maybe some other people do, but I don't even care. Like, this guy is out there killing gods, the most powerful beings in this universe. A, we never see it. <laughs> we never see him as a th- he kills one god, and they say he kills more gods, but we never see him. They just say he's a bad guy, and then at the end, and like his motivation behind it is really, really interesting. That the fact that he's a guy who was a very devout worshiper, and his gods let his family die, and not only did his gods let his family die, but they didn't give a shit, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like actual god doesn't. Like no offense to the Christians. <laughs> And, like, that is a real, like, thing, like, you know, a real, like, great, uh, like, interesting pathos to have is that, like, he was, he is literally been betrayed by his physical gods, and now he's out there trying to destroy all these deities in this, and yet we don't see any of it. Like, every time we see any other gods, they make it into a joke. It's, it's funny, ha, ha, ha. And it, and and it doesn't even get to, and like even the climactic moment where, he, where they had a final battle is still not serious because like oh ha I give the kids the power of Thor and they can fight along too so this guy is not even fucking worth having any other fucking people come and fight with me with him because we'll just get kids and it just completely undermines any menace any threat any subtly that this character had because you know Christian Bale in the four scenes he's in is acting his butt off because that's what Christian mm-hmm. Bale does. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't half-ass things. That's why he yelled at that dude for getting into sight lines on fucking Terminator resurgence or whatever the fuck he was in. <laughs> <laughs> Salvation. Salvation. Because <Continue. laughs> <laughs> he's a serious actor and he takes his shit seriously. And you can see that when he's on the screen for the four times he is. But the rest of the movie is like, nah, fuck that dude. I don't even care. Like, oh, here's a screaming goat. Isn't that funny? Oh, here's fucking Kurt Russell. Is it Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell doing a bad, not Kurt Russell. It's Kurt Russell. 
um, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe doing mm-hmm. a bad Greek accent. Ha <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I fuck you, and now you're naked. <laughs> this is a joke. Oh, this is funny. Oh, she has cancer. She's dying. But, oh, who cares? This is all funny. Funny, 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 funny. Like, I didn't feel anything for this movie. And that's the sad part. Like, after I got done with this, I was like, it was a movie. I was entertained for the two hours it was in there. But mm-hmm. once I'm done, I'm like, it's gone. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, and like, the mm-hmm. best part about Marvel movies is they, they, they're supposed to get you invested. And I feel like in the last few movies that they've made out for this, for this stage four or whatever we're in, or phase four we're in, like, it's not getting me invested to anything that's, like, I'm just watching movies just because they're, they're Marvel movies. I'm not watching because they're building up to anything. I'm not watching because they're, they're telling any good stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's based, they're basically are now just DCing shit up at this point where they're just like, hey, God, God, God Butcher, that's something that people liked in the comic books. Well, he's in the movie. Was he doing the same things he did in the comic book? No, but he's in the movie. Isn't that cool? <laughs> like, y'all really like that comic book, so here's a movie about it. Like, but it's not really the same thing because in the comic book, it was serious, and here, we're, it's not serious at all. Like, so what's it? It's not. They're just cashing. They're just, it feel like they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel now. They're just like, right. and they're hitting, they're hitting the, 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 the wood at the end. They're getting bits of, of chunks of wood and splinters, and they're still putting it in <laughs> ice cream. And they're like, it's good, right? And you're like, and you're trying to pick the splinters out of your mouth, and you're like, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, I'm disappointed. That's, that's, that's the big, I'm disappointed. That's, that's probably my, that's why I'm so harsh. Because this movie's funny as fuck. Look, we <laughs> you've heard me on the show a lot. Like, if everything funny, if you can't get serious, ain't nothing really funny. And this movie suffers from that more than any other movie we've probably ever reviewed on this channel. It's worse than a dead He's right. <laughs> He's right. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of funny. It's a lot of jokes. And the sad part is, is that when this movie opens and you see that opening, and I go, oh, we about to be in for some real ass shit. Like, I have a rule in movies. If you kill a kid in a movie, you you're in for to some be... real <laughs> ass shit. And nope, it doesn't. Honestly, you know what the better movie would have been? I'd rather just watch Gore. Yeah. This whole run. Just made that movie for two hours and have him fight Thor at the end. And we, because we already know about Thor. And I mean, we, we don't, I don't really care enough about the Jane Foster thing to have to really have to make a movie about it. But I really wish this movie should have been three movies. And that's the problem. They've smashed three movies together. Cause I heard original, I guess the original cut was four hours long. Maybe it's some seriousness in the four hours of that original cut that they're saying exists. But regardless, we got what we got. The they whole God thing. They cut out Lenny Headley, and Lenny Headley got sued for that. They cut out so much. The God stuff should have been its own movie. The Jay Foster thing should have been its own movie. And then the God Butcher should have been its own movie. None of those things should have been together. You should have made some remedial marginal villain and made a Jane Foster movie because that's probably what we needed since she wasn't in the other, uh, like Avengers and all that. You make that movie. Explains why she's there. You keep her as Lady Thor. And then you could have made this God Butcher movie and we could have focused on the God Butcher. (laughs) What's up? What's up? Mighty Thor. She corrected Gore about that. Well, she's technically 
Thor because Thor isn't Thor. Yeah, anymore, but yeah, she's she the mighty Thor. She's the mighty Thor, not Lady Thor. <laughs> I just called her, about, just call her Thor. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I'm calling her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got you. I'm calling her Thor. I'm just saying she's she's yeah. Thor now at that point. Yeah. You could have made a movie about that. Then you could have made another movie with them battling the God Butcher. And then you could have made the movie about them like with the gods or whatever. Because I think that's probably gonna be the next one is like Battle of the Gods or some shit like that. Who who cares? Exactly. Who cares? Besides, yeah. Besides, <laughs> it's all the jokes. All the jokes. Okay, cool. My biggest gripe of all of it is besides the the error and continuity that you mentioned to me late earlier uh, the other day, which now I can't get out of my mind. I don't know because I don't want to take credit for the error that you found. Like you don't remember it with nope. Storm Chaser and. The the ancient oh yeah 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 that... them, them them like oh yeah like storm chase is the only way to get to fucking this eternity except he just he just got that shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like last <Yeah>. movie <laughs> it's just an ancient text that storm yeah. is gonna like and he anyway so besides that storm you make argument, oh maybe they maybe they saw into the future okay wow well, eat it all right but <laughs> all right besides that one the problem I have with this movie is that the cruxes at the end of the day of this movie is based off a gag in the movie. So in the movie, it's a gag about like all of it, like Thor cheating on his current weapon because he wants his old weapon back. And they make the joke about it, and it it lands. The first time it happens, it lands. It's great. Second time, it still lands pretty well. It's okay. By the third time where he can't use the rainbow thing, I'm like, what? Hold on. Like These things are really sentient. So this is a real thing now? Like, the, the the weapon's feelings are hurt, so it won't work properly? So they have to figure a way to make it work? What are we talking about? And then you make that the reason to add in, like, give those goats worthwhile. And then at the end, where, you know, this non-sentient thing that now we know is sentient. Actually, the goats decides, don't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> the, the, you decide <laughs> to go, hey... This can't just shut itself off because it's sentient, which you've made us realize through this whole movie. It can't just shut itself off. What? Because when it because when Thor tried to go to the planet, it didn't let him do that. So either the your weapon is with the God Butcher, or it's not sentient. It just needs to be. It, it, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because the movie makes it up, but you made it up from a gag. That's why it makes no sense. And that is the crux of the movie. And this is why I'm looking at this movie and I'm going, this is some bullshit. And then, and, 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 and everybody's watched the show, you know, we did it on Stranger Things. You can't make a villain a really, really bad guy if you don't show the really bad guy. Exactly. So you never show Gore taking out these uh, these these other gods and all this stuff like that. But here's my thing is, all right, he's taking out all these other gods. We've seen from him going to get Lady Sif that these gods also had armies, supposedly, because you would see all these bodies on the battlefield. So the God Butcher was able to go to these planets, slay their gods, slay their armies, but then at the end, he can't slay a bunch of kids with the power of Thor? What are we doing? Like, what? Like, <laughs> What are we doing? Right, like, it'd be different if he was, like, sneaking in the night and, like, stabbing these guys in their sleep. Or, like, they'd be out at sex parties and he slice. Then I'm like, okay, I get it. He's, like, stealth with it. But, no, they show yeah. him massacring armies, the bodies on the ground all over the land, the, the, the battlefield. And then at the end, those same yeah, creatures that I'm assuming that did that massacre can't beat up these kids. 
Are he's you, killed so me. many gods that, like, when they go on to the fucking, uh, whatever the, the, uh, the ship that, uh, the fucking, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy have, you know, he's killed so many gods, they have all these fucking shit going on, and they, oh, we gotta split up, because he's, it's, he's killed all these people, all these gods. Right. It's red alerts everywhere. He goes down to Earth, and he gets handily fucked up by the half of the people of, 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 of New Asgard. New Asgard. Yeah. And then at the end, he gets handily handled by some kids. <laughs> some children. But, but the thing is, it's, it's played for comedic effect. Yeah. And it, it's it, funny. <laughs> yeah. But it also makes your villain look like a schmuck that he can't yeah. hit these kids. And that's uh, fine. Like, it's like if you're watching, like, I don't know, like a parody of a superhero movie, that's 100% okay. Or we're just watching. A straight comedy that just happened to be a soup, but like this is this is like the one of the late the remaining franchise movies of of Marvel. Like this is yeah. Is so look, man. I and, and I'm with Jason. I enjoyed the movie, and and one of the, the one of the things I would commit it for that it is only two hours long. Like I'll commit it for that because was the last time we watched a superhero movie that was just two hours long. <laughs> Usually they're over two hours, and we're like Geez, six right. hours long. Yeah, eight so acts, I committed nine for acts. That. <laughs> but I do feel like they jam three movies into one. If there's a four hour cut of this movie, I think it does have some seriousness to it. Why my one sentence review was thank God for Kristen Bale saving this movie because literally he's the best thing about this movie, hands down, bar none. And the little bit of scenes that he has are so intriguing, are so well shot. And so well acted that, like, I, again, I'd rather just have the movie us just following the God Butcher and been yeah. perfectly fine with that movie. Like, the stuff when he's talking to the kids is so interesting. Like, like you said, if he would have had more scenes in a better movie, like, we will be, we, we will be talking about him all the time, great villains. And I think even with, he, with the little that he did, he's still higher on my list than a lot of other villains. But we could have been talking I mean, top three here. And now we're talking that maybe he's top 10. He's better than Yellow Jacket. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's probably top ten for me now, but he should have been top three. Like he was that good in the, the limited performance he had. Yeah, I, I'm just I I don't know what I'm gonna say about Phase Four, man. Look, I heard a rumor it's that Feige wasn't in fully enthralled in Phase Four stuff as he was with the other phases, but he's supposed to be back like fully enthralled with Phase Five. So if that's true, we we're, we're definitely seeing it. Like you can feel it that these movies just don't feel like anything. I, I feel like after Loki, because that was before WandaVision, right? Or was that after WandaVision? That was after. Loki was after. WandaVision way, was the first one. After Loki, you felt definitely felt like, okay, in phase four, WandaVision, you're like, uh, I don't know where this is going. After Loki, you're like, okay, they're doing Kang the Conqueror. This is where all these things are going to point towards after Loki. You know, you get to the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. You know, I love it. It doesn't really point anywhere. It just pretty much sets up that Falcon is Captain America, which we'll talk about in just a second. <laughs> but like, it's setting the stage. You like, even though with the Falcon, the Winter, you're setting the stage. Like, this is where we're going for. And then everything else is like, oh no, like we're just doing our own thing. This is not really going anywhere. Like, from Spider-Man: No Way Home to Doctor Strange Two to even Shang Chi, it's like none of them have been like. And I know, like, how you hated the fact that like they are only telling part of the story. And I get that part of it, but like, I, as you expect for Marvel movies them to be heading in a certain direction as the, that they're 
building to a greater story. They're telling little bits of of a complete story, but that is a bit of a large story. You expect it to be the chapter or the novel in the series rather than just a chapter, right? Where this mm-hmm. round, they're just like books that were written <laughs> and they're all in the same universe, I guess. But, you know, like you could read them or you could not. And like, and for me, that's like disappointing because like that's what Marvel was about was like they're going somewhere. They're they're heading in a direction. And these movies, they, they don't feel like they're heading in a direction. And as I say, they just feel like they're just trying to introduce characters like no one gives a shit about. <laughs> like, well, was wow. like, like you got Cleo and Lady and, and or, Doctor Strange, and you got fucking like, Hercules. I could, I could I could commend Marvel for trying to switch up their style and bringing in other directors with different eyes and different looks. And because again, I think Doctor Strange is the best filmed Marvel movie ever. Like the camera angles and the things he does in it is better than we've seen in any other Marvel movie. So I think the Eternals looks like as far as just the look and the aesthetic looks better than a lot of other Marvel movies. So I commend him for trying to get different people in there. But I hate to say this, like, it's a reason why you didn't want Edgar Wright to make Ant-Man. Like, yeah. I hate to say this, with these kind of movies that you're making, because of a consistency and a consistency of level and the storytelling you're doing, you kind of need less lesser directors. I don't want to use that. You, you need directors that don't have such a... You need team players. Style. Right, 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 right. Like, you need somebody that doesn't have such a unique visual style to make these movies because I feel like you're, you're trying to do both. They're trying to make something feel original and new in the area and genre, but still keeping the Marvel formula intact. So either let these guys go completely off script in a Marvel formula, or you just make them do the Marvel formula and add their flair of visuals to it. But you can't have them do their style of storytelling but adding the Marvel stuff in. Because all these movies feel like, okay, Marvel needed me to put this part in here. Okay, Marvel needed you to add a clue this right here. Like, And that's what I feel like that's the biggest problem in Phase 4 is like, it feels like you got all these act- directors in there because you got so mad about people complaining about the Marvel formula, letting them do their own thing, but just still kind of saying, you still need these elements in here to make it feel like Marvel. And it, it I don't know, it just feels unbalanced. Yeah. And Thor feels unbalanced. It's it feels very unbalanced. Comedic without what we need. Shang-Chi felt unbalanced. The Eternals felt unbalanced. Spider-Man No Way Home is the only one that felt that had balance. But I also want to say that, like, that's the one that Kevin Foggy directly has his hands in, too, because it's a joint deal. So... And even that one is like, it doesn't really... I mean, once they were done, like, it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't go into Doctor Strange 2. It doesn't... It's just, oh, the story is over, and that was it. And we don't have to worry about this anymore until we get to the next Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Which is kind of one of those things that where, I guess, just Doctor Strange 2 will have to happen before Spider-Man, right? It was supposed to happen before Spider-Man. Okay. Because, so I mean, in, in Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange actually references yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Which no one should know Spider-Man because of the spell he did. So, Oh, no, they should know Spider-Man. Time. They don't know who Peter Parker is. But also, he okay. should know that he did that spell for Peter Parker. Okay. Anyway, uh, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll ignore continue with the eras in Marvel and just keep moving, keep it moving. Because I think No Way Home was because America 
America was supposed to be introduced in Spider-Man. She was because Spider-Man was supposed to come out after Doctor Strange, but because of COVID and shit, everything got and that's probably why this all sucks. Because everything got <laughs> you know, all the production shut down, everything got you know scattered about. So Doctor Strange, like even like I think Wonder Vision was supposed to come out, like be the like like second or third last to last shows, whereas like Hawkeye was supposed to come out before that. So all things got mm-hmm. shifted around and stuff like that. So I guess the reason why everything seems so disconnected and disjointed is because it is because they had a plan and you know this once in a lifetime pandemic that is real that you should have got a vaccine for happened. Yes, you should have got the vaccine for it. Vaccines are safe, guys. <laughs> and and that's why they're just like they're just kind of like oh yeah let's just put it all out there and let's we'll figure it out next time. I guess and that's why everything feels right. disjointed. That's why I, this is also probably why all the directors are having their full reign because, like, yeah, none of this shit matters. Like, we're not building anything. Uh, I, I guess we'll get Kane the Conqueror and Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is like, we just hmm. do Ant Man. I'm not really keen on the Wasp. <laughs> not because she's a woman. I, I mean, I like I like because, looking at her, so. Because Angelina Lily sucks. That's why. <laughs> oh, she sucks as a human being? Just, just in general. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. I mean, she she's fine to look at, so I'm I'm here for that. Um, what is your review? What is your rating rating for Thor: Love and Thunder, Jason? My rating will probably not reflect how much I've had, like how much I did actually enjoy this movie. But I'm gonna give it a two out of five because it's just so disappointingly funny. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'm probably gonna give it. I'm probably gonna give it a three because I just want to give that. I was look, I was at two point five as well. I'm gonna give it a three because I want to leave like Kristen Bell's performance get some credence in. I've watched worse Marvel movies than this, so <laughs> I, I don't want to put that in the same bucket with those ones that I've watched worse. But I'm gonna definitely, I, I would give it a three. I, I enjoyed it, but it's something I probably won't come back to, unless unless similar to Thor two, where further on it has connected tissue. You go, oh, I need to watch Thor two again because. It actually meant something Apparently, when we got further down. The everything line. hinges off of Thor too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they were doing uh, dimension and planet hopping all in that movie, and nobody knew or cared. So, yeah. Um, all right, I guess you had a, a, a yes. That you wanted to discuss. I have a well, since we're on the Marvel subject here, we're also on the Marvel things. I have uh, a little bit of a, a, a rant to go on about uh, that has nothing to do with the storytelling of Marvel. It has everything to do with the fans of Marvel, I suppose. So, like, recently, uh, I'm on the tweeters and the tweeter tweeter tots, and I see that uh, Chris Evans, you know, the the young man who has played uh, Captain America, uh, he tweets, Sam Wilson is Captain America. And I go to myself, huh, I wonder what that's about. So I, I click on it, and it's a response to the Hollywood Reporter Who's talking about a Nigerian American filmmaker who's going to direct uh, Captain America Four? And in this these series of tweets, it says the question of who is entitled to carry the shield continues. All bets are off. And I go, huh? That's a strange thing to say because I, I feel like we've solved this problem in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when uh, Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson, you know, comes out as Captain America for better or worse, right? Which Knowing the internet, I should have just left it there. You know, Sam, you know, Chris <laughs> Evans said Sam Wilson is Captain America after reading these series of tweets by this 
these stupid things. I should have been like, yes, fine, fair enough. But I'm a masochist, so I clicked on the, the Twitter thread to see what were the replies to uh, Chris Evans and to this thing. And a lot of them were like, yes, uh, did you not watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier? You know, say, what's in this Captain America? But a lot of other ones were like, Bucky should be Captain America. Bucky is the mm. one that should be taken over. The Bucky is mm. like Sam Wilson's the Falcon. Bucky should be Captain America or something like that. Or the other's like, oh, the Falcon would never be Captain America. You know, you're my Captain America. Some other dumb shit like that. And in my mind, like, what has Bucky done? And I know the reason why people think Bucky should be Captain America, obviously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not, you know. But I want, like, I, I want to play, like, of the MCU version of, of James Buchanan Barnes, what about that character says that A, he wants to be Captain America, and B, he should be Captain America, right? Like, from what they well, have just, presented... Just to interject really quickly, to answer part of that question, Bucky himself in the... <laughs> where the Falcon and Winter Soldier said, nah, man, that ain't for me. I got yeah. a lot of blood on my hands. And then, also, at the end of Endgame, when Sam thought it, Bucky was next up, and he's like... And nah, he got Bucky goes to him and goes, nah, that's for you. That's confirmed it. Also, when... Uh, Rhodes says, "Hey, I mean, thank you for giving us the shield, but you know he did give it to you." And Sam, so everybody around the situation has been like, "Nah, Sam Wilson, you are the new Captain America." <laughs> it's like but, I don't know why you try to say you're not. You you right. You's the guy. <laughs> like Marvel has nailed this home to us that it is like, no, you are the new Captain. America. Even though I, I call him Black Captain America or Black Falcon, regardless <laughs> of his jokes, he is the Captain America. But continue. So, uh, like, I'm thinking to myself, all right, so firstly, in the comic books, yes, Bucky was Captain America before Sam Wilson was, but he was only Captain America for, like, two years. Sam Wilson, in the current continuity, is still Captain America, unless he's changed. Even though mm -hmm. uh, Sam Steve Rogers is back, they're both Captain America. So, like, he, he's been Captain America since, like, 2017. It's 2022, so it's, like, it's been, like, five years. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. And, like, so... Thinking about let's I'm just gonna let's just uh, separate the things that would make that would make both men candidates for Captain America, right? Bucky mm -hmm. is a World War II soldier, right? He fought in World War II. Yeah. Boom, that's one. Sam also a veteran. He fought in Afghanistan. Also highly skilled, trained, just like Bucky is. Commando, too. All right. After that, I can't think of any good reason why Bucky would be a good Captain America. <laughs> Sam. After he gets off of the service, goes and helps veterans deal with their PTSD. Like he even helps uh, Steve Rogers deal with his PTSD. He even encouraged Steve Rogers to go after the snap to help other people who are dealing with their PTSD after that. Uh, mm -hmm. Sam, you know he not only is he like always ride or die with with Steve Rogers, like he also has that strong moral compass that Steve Rogers because. Let's be honest, Captain America is not what America is. It's what America should be. Should He's be, never yeah. been a reflection of how America is. Never, mm -hmm. ever, ever, ever. <laughs> That's Homelander. That's what America is. <laughs> Captain America is what, what America should be. And like, and that's what you want from a, a soldier that come back from the war. You want him to go and help people and be selfless 
and tried to figure out ways to help his family. What did Bucky do? Only thing Bucky has done after you know all the shit is try to hang out with the people's the the families of his victims. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he couldn't even like bring himself to tell this dude until like after Sam talked to him about it to like tell this dude that he killed his son. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if we're just purely going by what he's done in the movies and in MCU, like, it's unfathomable to me. And then, and you can say, hey, I just like Bucky better as a character. That's fine. I just like, he's got a cool metal arm. He shoots guns. I like that. I want to rock with that. <laughs> that's that's great. You can say, I like the Ed Bubreaker run when he was when he was Captain America, and I want that on the screen. That's fine. That's but to say that Bucky in the MCU deserves to be over Sam, like there's only one explanation for that. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> if we are going only by what is presented to us in the MCU and the and the ancillary TV shows, Bucky does not deserve to be fucking Captain America, right? Mm. Mm. Like by far, <laughs> no more than Natasha Romanoff deserves to be Captain America. And it, fact, because <laughs> let's let's be honest. For the last seventy years, he's been a Russian agent, <laughs> disqualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then also the comments are like, "Well, Sam needs to prove himself to be Captain America." And I'm like, "Did y'all not watch any of the shit that he's done?" Like, <laughs> like. Am I watching different shit than other people? Is that the the question that I'm at? This is why I'm going. Am I crazy here? Did I watch different things than them? Like, yes, you nope. can you can say the Civil War thing because technically, Iron Man was right. Y'all should probably sign up and be a part of it because y'all were all part of Shield to begin with. This is just a different Shield with different. But I guess I could get where they were because because Shield was like, yeah, they were corrupt as fuck in Shield, so that's why we're not fucking signing this thing. <laughs> but other than like Civil War. <laughs> like all Sam has ever done has been the guy who's gone and helped people. Period. Like, don't no questions asked. He he's uncomplicated. He hasn't murdered a whole bunch of fucking innocent people like Wanda <laughs> or even mm-hmm. fucking Clint. <laughs> yes, yes. People forget about the whole you know <laughs> yeah. Roman days. Like, like of all the people, like yes, he was a soldier. So like, if maybe his war record is a little bit you know. But he was like a recon soldier flying fucking with his with his wingman on 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 wings and shit. I don't think he was dropping bombs on nobody. Like, I, I guess he has some responsibility for that shit in the Lagos because he was there. But that was really fucking Wanda and, and Cap. <laughs> so don't like, let them take, don't let them don't let them pull you down, Sam. <laughs> of <laughs> all the people, and like especially after you've watched. Cap the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I don't remember. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. How about that? Mm-hmm. You understand that, like, not even though he has a complex history with this nation, as most black people do, he still believes, although maybe naively, in the ideas in the idea of this nation. Mm-hmm. Like he he served for crying out loud, <laughs> like. You know, he's not like the rest of us. He was like, fuck this. I ain't dying for none of y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> so I just, I like, I get why people say 
well, Bucky should be Captain America because we know the reason. But like, I just what I'm really trying to say is, do y'all know the reason why y'all keep saying that shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I don't. I don't think they're going to give you the same reason that you think. <laughs> oh no, they're not because no one's ever going to be like, oh, it's because like they're going to make some bullshit because like, Jason, I mean like at. Give, please play devil's advocate. Give me a reason why Bucky should be Captain America over Sam Wilson. Because he was buddies with fucking Steve Rogers. Um, I would probably say because the MCU's Bucky seems to be like on a bootleg version of the Super Soldier Serum, so that the threat or his ability to fight and probably kill other people in the name of doing the right thing is better than probably Sam Wilson's. But that's the only reason, and that's if we're saying where he's actually that's actually if we're saying he actually works for America, which Captain America does not work for America because so that was the Soviet Accords. Yeah, Sam do the same shit. <laughs> he's been there. He doesn't even wear a bulletproof breast like the rest of them. You know, he got a bulletproof shield. He just got his wings. <laughs> he been. Well, with I figure. Uh, I mean, we 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 do agree that Winter Soldier is a better fighter and killer than Sam, right? Yeah. He's definitely better. Oh, murderer. okay. That's what I'm saying. That's the only <laughs> argument I would have for him being oh, yeah. Captain America. He's, he's yes, a, you're right. If we're going to do for a Captain America who needs to be a murderer, yes, Bucky yeah. is much better at murder than Sam. Yes, yes. That's that's the only, the only thing I got. Might as well keep the other guy if we're working for murderers. Yo, you US agent? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah. even got the dude's I mean, name. What the fuck's I don't even got this guy's name. I think again, it's like I, Chad or something. <laughs> I don't do I don't disagree with that either. So no. <laughs> Yeah, 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 no. It, if, if, look, yeah, man, okay. It, All right, so thank you, Jason. Uh, yes, okay, I understand now. If you're looking for Captain America to be a straight, cold-blooded murderer, then yes, Bucky is better. And you're also a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, welcome, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Inward for the Air podcast. <laughs> As always, uh, your host, Lord Jason, and Lord Jason uh, gave you the unfiltered the Lord's Jason <laughs> of, of everything going on here. But uh, guys, again, thank you all for watching and listening. If you could always do us a favor by hitting that like button, the thumbs up, share, and make subscribe. sure you subscribe. Yes, absolutely. And share our content. We really would appreciate that. But uh, Jason, you got any final words for everybody? Yeah, just, you know, be kind, be considerate, tip your servers and bartenders at least 20%, if not more, if you can afford it. And, yeah, that's it. Nothing about you. And, <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, again, thank you guys for listening. We will see you all next week. Peace.